0: Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. I am Sam Rosenberg. Today is Wednesday, May 23rd, 2018. Okay, the Sixers are out of the playoffs. I'm aware of that. We talked about it last week. I went through a full postmortem, but now tonight will be game five of the Celtics and the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals, and we're officially at a point where both Conference final series are evened up at 2-2. Yeah, that's right. Last night, the Rockets pulled out an improbable victory against the Warriors, really made them uncomfortable, won game four to tie that series, and on a totally flip side, the Celtics and the Cavaliers, Celtics went up and just roared to a 2-0 lead with those wins in Boston, and then proceeded to drop games three and four against the Cavaliers in Cleveland, and now it's 2-2 back in Boston. Um, Okay. Moving on from the Sixers, because that's all I really care about. Nah, it's not true. I care about, you know, I love basketball, but I am sad the Sixers are gone. But we do need to focus a little bit on this conference final series. Let's talk about the Cavaliers and the Celtics. Now, my initial prediction was the Cavaliers to win the series in six. um, Or at least seven. I think I said seven, actually. I still feel that way. I still feel like the Cavaliers are going to win this one. um, Even though Boston jumped out to that early 2-0 lead. I mean, this is a situation where LeBron... We need to truly accept the fact that LeBron James is able to turn the tide of an entire game, an entire series, and seeing him average a triple-double throughout the playoffs, uh, seeing him trying to figure out a way to get his team, which, you know, in a lot of respects has been looking for people to play. You know, I mean, you know, there were games where Larry Nance Jr. wasn't playing, and now he's in the rotation. Rodney Hood was playing, and now he's out of the rotation. What really came to light in games three and four was seeing Kyle Korver shine and seeing George Hill shine. You know, Kevin Love's been a little up and down, but Kyle Korver and George Hill, I mean, these guys are essential to this Cavaliers team being able to perform at all. And, you know, we we need to also take into consideration the fact that the defense got ramped up and, you know, there's something to be said for the Celtics are a well-oiled machine that rely on each other defensively, but when you take them out of the the garden in Boston, it's really a different team. You know, they've been amazing at home all playoffs, but they've really struggled on the road with one of their only road victories coming against the Philadelphia 76ers in round two of game three of that one that went to overtime that really, I mean, Jesus, the Sixers could have, they could have very easily won that series. Just so many boneheaded mistakes that really cost them. I mean, I'd like to say one game, but it essentially cost them three games and they're all, you know, they're looking back, scratching their heads right now and they should be. Um, But this Boston team, that formula that worked for them so well against the Sixers and really worked for them in games one and two against the Cavaliers, you know, really went out the door in games three and four. You saw uh, Tristan Thompson was really effective on the offensive glass. Um, You really started to see them make it difficult for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and Al Horford. Like It's not that these guys disappeared, but when they started to have difficulty, when you started to see LeBron James facilitate and start the pick and roll a little bit more with George Hill, and you started to see George Hill thrive a little bit more, and then you take a guy like J.R. Smith, it almost feels like they're... You know, their performance can rises and falls with J.R. Smith because if J.R. Smith has a good game, you know, the whole Cavaliers team will usually look good. But if they're having a bad game, J.R. Smith will look like dog shit. So I'm not saying it's the chicken or the egg thing. I'm just saying he's usually a product of how well they're playing. And games three and four, J.R. Smith showed up, hit a couple of nice shots, and all of a sudden, they're back in it. Now, tonight's going to be a big test because it's 2-2. It's in Boston. This is a huge game for this young Celtics team and um i mean right now if if the if the Cavaliers win in 7 like i think that means Boston's going to win tonight and i got to be honest i i see it happening i can i can see it happen because when you're in Boston i mean just about anything can happen you know that that crowd is clearly one of the loudest in the league and i'm just I I think Boston will probably pull out tonight's game. I think they have what it takes, but I do think that Cleveland's going to win Game 6, and I think when everything's on the line, LeBron is going to pull some magic out of his ass for Game 7. Truthfully, I kind of think this might be the time for LeBron to sort of step on their throats in Game 5 and then close it out in Game 6, but the way the series has gone, I think Boston's going to pull out tonight's game. It's just, it's been too tight of a series where essentially one play can can sway the entire game one way or the other and you know to see Cleveland be able to answer back with Boston I mean they could just go on a roll they could win tonight and then win game six in Cleveland and all of a sudden we're we can we are you know filling out the prophecy of chapter four of Warriors Cavaliers in the finals um I have a lot of optimism for the Celtics. I think they're doing a lot of things right. Marcus Smart is very physical in this series. You know, Terry Rozier has been one of the guys who I think has really been suffering against the Cavaliers because time and time again, I mean, you're getting to situations where Love or LeBron are just shooting over Terry Rozier. And for as dangerous as he was in rounds one and two, you know, I think he's been a bit of an afterthought in uh, against the Cavaliers. Now you're sitting here really saying, you know, it'd be really nice to have Kyrie Irving on the floor. Um so listen, I th- I still think it's going to go to seven. I think Boston will win tonight. Um, Cleveland will win Game Six in Cleveland, and I think in Game Seven it's going to be LeBron time, and I think he'll be able to figure out a way to win that Game Seven. Now, Rockets Warriors. So this has been a one 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 two one two two Rockets one or Rockets, excuse me, Warriors one Game One, Rockets one Game Two, Warriors win Game Three, Rockets win Game Four. So you know the Warriors were are a juggernaut and. You know, they dominated in game one. It looked like it was going to be a sweep. But the Rockets are, are really the first team in, in the last four or five years, with the exception of the 2016 Cavaliers who came back from 3-1, who figured out a way to really, truly make this Warriors team uncomfortable and to really push them. I mean, defensively, the Rockets came out guns blazing um, two nights uh, last night they were very aggressive with the warriors they you know they were they were specifically they were guarding them on the perimeter the place where steph curry and klay thompson a lot of these guys like to live and just shoot these ridiculous three-pointers they were all over them in the perimeter and they were guarding them close to the basket and they forced them into mid-range jumpers which is essentially not where the warriors want to live they shot a lot of mid-range jumpers they they played pretty well but it wasn't enough to really pull ahead and stay out in front of the Rockets. I mean, this was a game of runs. There would be a run by the Warriors. I mean, they started out the game 12-0 and then the Rockets came back and took the lead. And then the Warriors jump ahead by 10 going into the fourth quarter and the Rockets come back to win. So, there was really an opportunity where I think you started to see the depth. The depth issue for the Warriors was troubling. And of course, I can't really go I can't continue talking without mentioning the fact that Andre Iguodala didn't play. Andre Iguodala not playing turned out to be a gigantic game changer in this game. His perimeter defense is probably the best on the Warriors, and that got exposed last night when Nick Young and Quinn Cook couldn't really, you know, fill that defensive uh, slot like um, like Iguodala could. And so uh, you get to a situation where. They didn't have any depth, and I mentioned this before, you know. uh, But beyond Kevin Looney, or excuse me, Kavon Looney, I don't know how the hell to say his name, you know. Without Aguadala, you're looking at guys like Nick Young, you're looking at guys like Quinn Cook, you're looking at guys who are who are Jordan Bell. I mean, I'm not saying these guys are bad, but you're the Golden State Warriors. You are the absolute juggernaut that is looking to win. It's third title in four years, and you've got some pretty fresh faces coming out onto the floor trying to do their best. You know, this is not the same rotation we had with, you know, Leandro Barbosa from a few years ago and Andrew Bogut from a few years ago. Sean Livingston's still on the team. I still think he's he's one of the best pieces they have on this team. I mean, he's a huge rotational piece. He's fantastic off the bench. He's able to play center on some of the smaller lineups, but yet we're looking at their lack of depth. And especially at a time when you look at D'Antoni and the Rockets, I mean, he has shaved his rotation to seven people. I mean, you are essentially saying it's Tucker, it's Ariza, it's Harden and Paul, and then you've got Clint Capella, really, and then the only other guys who spell Clint Capella are Eric Gordon and uh, Gerald Green. I mean, that's really it. And, and you know, Lucmba Bob is not even getting on the floor anymore. I mean, some of these other guys that they were using, Ryan Anderson, they don't even sniff the floor now. I mean, it is... It is Western Conference Finals playoffs time, like, you know, just laying it all out on the floor. And the truth is, they've got to throw haymakers at these guys because this Rockets team, they're not scared of the Warriors. They're going toe-to-toe for them. And Chris Paul really stepped up in this Game 4. I mean, there were some gigantic shots that he needed to make. There was some great defense he played on Steph Curry. I mean... They are not afraid, and probably one of the biggest turning points in Game 4 was when James Harden dunked on Draymond Green, because Draymond has been yelling, he's been talking, he's been getting up in everyone's face, and they're not. I think for the first time in this series, the Rockets truly said, we're not afraid of you guys. We're going to come, and we're going to beat you at Oracle Arena. The Warriors had not lost a home game in the playoffs in probably four years, and the Rockets beat them in Oracle just last night. Now, the other thing that's a little scary to me, again, about this Warriors depth, they've got all these big men that they're not playing. You know, Zaza Pachulia was their starting center last year, and he was straight up in the rotation. I mean, he pretty much took Kawhi Leonard out for a year and a half, and yet he's not even in the rotation right now. JaVale McGee's not in the rotation right now. I tried to figure out who the hell else is on their team. There's a guy named Damian Jones, who I'm totally unfamiliar with. He's He's not in the rotation. David West has played himself out of the rotation. These guys cannot keep up with this Rockets team. And now you're sitting here saying, well, why the hell do we have them all on our team? You know, do we need to throw them at LeBron and Tristan Thompson in the in the in the NBA finals? No, probably not. They're probably not going to get on the floor then either. And so then when you go beyond Kevon Looney or Kevin, again, I have no idea how the hell to say his name, when you go beyond Looney, there's not really much else. And especially without Iguodala, now you're really really hurting. So, Game 5 is going to be in Houston. And now this is why you understand Houston was working so hard to get that home court because it's going to be major. If they have a game seven in Houston, listen, all bets are off. You know, this is a very, we saw the Warriors go lose three, come, you know, we saw them lose the Cavaliers in 2016. So as much as I think that they are anointed with Kevin Durant on that team, that they'll just defeat this Rockets team, it's not a given. And I want to see it play out. And you know what? I think the Warriors are going to have to get chippy in this next game and they're going to have to probably bury this Rockets team or else you know we're going to be going to a game 7 and it's a do or die game and you know what there I have no reason no reason to think that it's going to be a cakewalk for the Warriors game 7 in Houston. No reason to think that. Um James Harden, can we talk about him for a second? Where did he go? I mean, he is the MVP of the league or at least he probably will be as soon as we hear the friggin' announcements. He scored 30 points. He did everything he could, but there are times, excuse me, there are times where I feel like he's taking defensive, he's taking, you know, plays off, at least defensively. Like I feel like he gets locked in and then sometimes he's like, ah, screw it. I'm just going to let this guy go by me. You know, or when he decides to just dribble around, dribble around and do it and then do a step back three. Sometimes these work, sometimes they don't. But it's just discouraging to think that this is the guy who is kind of the leader of this team, because I'm not super scared that he's going to be able to kill the Warriors every single night. If anything, it was more impressive to see Chris Paul's effort and and the defense of P.J. Tucker and Trevor Ariza to really be some of the turning point in Game 4. I mean, Harden gave you what you expected of him. If anything, he was probably a little disappointing offensively, but with the defense playing the way it was and... I mean, I really feel like the the heart and soul and sort of the tenacity of this Rockets team is coming from Chris Paul right now. I mean, he's the guy who's probably really... Forcing up some tough shots and forcing this Warriors team to really look themselves in the mirror and say, What the hell are you gonna do about me? I'm not going anywhere. You might be able to blow but you might be able to blow by Harden defensively once or twice, and he might shake and bake you on a few, you know, beautiful step back threes, but I'm gonna be the guy who's gonna drive when you least expect it. I'm gonna be the guy who's gonna talk shit and hit that three-pointer when you don't want me to. So it almost feels like the real sense of how this team is going to go is going to be dependent upon Chris Paul. I'm still, listen, my initial pick was the Warriors in six. I still feel that way. I still think that the Warriors have the upper hand. I think that they've probably punched the, um, I think the Rockets have punched the Warriors in the mouth a couple of times here, but they're going to get back up off the mat and they're going to figure it out. And, you know, listen, all it takes is one Klay Thompson game where all of a sudden he is blowing up in addition to Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. And I mean that could really be the end for the Rockets. I think it's enough. I think we've seen enough from the Rockets team this year for them to 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 trot it back. Like I think it's worth it for them to come back next year with all these guys. I don't think Daryl Morey's going to give Chris Paul thirty million dollars a year at the age he's at. But I mean I don't think Chris Paul has been a mistake. I think he worked out well on this team. I think this Rockets team is well equipped to truly threaten the Warriors. But I mean, it's the Warriors. They're really hard to overcome. They're hard to push off the mountain. And, I mean, it is what it is. It's You just got to keep fighting them. There's You've got to have efforts like last night to pull out a victory against this Warriors team. And they had to steal one of those games in Oracle Arena if they ever thought they were going to be able to get out of this series alive. I know that they have home court. But Houston, I mean, they've got to slay the dragon. They can't just cakewalk their way through this. They've got to slay the dragon if they want to actually get past this Warriors team. So... Listen, I know it's two-two. I'm still picking Warriors Cavaliers. Chapter four, fourth straight year. I th- still think the Warriors will beat the Cavaliers in six games. Um, that's my that's my sneak peek for those of you who are listening. Uh, I'll talk more about it when they get there. And listen, I maybe I won't talk about it ever again if in fact it isn't those two meeting up in the NBA Finals. Might be the Warriors and the Celtics. Shit, might be the Rockets and the Celtics. That could be pretty exciting. Um, But my predictions now is I'm still thinking that it's going to be Warriors, Cavaliers. It's going to be, you know, same. And you know what? We want to see that. I want to see that. I want to see LeBron go back to the finals. I want to see him smash mouth with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Thompson and Draymond Green all over again. Hopefully this time around, Draymond Green won't punch LeBron in the balls. We'll see. Um, All right. I'm out of here. That's all. I just wanted to talk some NBA playoffs. Um... You know, get back on the mic, and uh, I'll probably talk some, you know, we got some football news coming down the pike these days, and you know what, NBA season's going to be over soon, it's going to be draft and free agency, Um, we'll just be stuck in the the dog days of summer where all we're talking about is NFL and NBA free agency, but until that day comes, I'm going to be enjoying uh, playoff basketball. Everyone, thanks a lot for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. You can subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe on Stitcher and you can subscribe on SoundCloud. Check me out on SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Smithface Jones. You can email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com. And Enjoy tonight's Game 5. I know I will be watching it and enjoying every minute of it. I'll be back next Wednesday to recap exactly who we'll be meeting in the finals and what it will look like, and I'll give you my predictions. And uh, we'll be starting to get into uh, off-season stuff with NBA and NFL. As always, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, Enjoy the games. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.